Hello and welcome to The Hardy Brain, the show that takes athletic, introverted entrepreneurs and leaders and transforms them into ironclad brain performers. I'm your host, Dr. David Hardy, and today we've got two amazing guests. We've got a power couple here who both help people navigate the stresses of business, career, family, helping them not only achieve success, but find f- fulfillment along the way. Welcome, Lisa and Chris Keys. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you for having us, Dr. Dave. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're very grateful and looking forward to the conversation, Dr. Dave. Oh, thank you. This is great. I'm excited. Now, Lisa, you go by your maiden name as well, correct? I do. Okay. Kozlowski, correct? Yeah, Lisa Kozlowski Keys. I like it. (laughs) All right. So before we kind of get into the amazing things you guys are doing to help people out here, kind of what was the journey? Uh, We'll start with you, Chris, here, uh, because I I know you kind of went through 30 years or 25 years in corporate uh, sales life. And uh, somewhere along the way there, you kind of had a midlife crisis. You quit and built your own house, correct? That's correct. I, um, so it, it goes back to a couple of things. One is uh, I met Lisa in first grade. So um, the good news is we waited. So we got married in eighth grade. And then, you know, <laughs> but the truth is I met her in, in first grade um, and I knew I, I really wanted to be friends with her. So I, I immediately liked her and she liked me. We had a great friendship. And we ended up in our late 20s connecting um, again and then um, and dating. And then we got married. So Lisa's wow. been part of this journey. Yeah, it is a while. I mean, you don't really hear that story often. No, um, you don't. <laughs> That's <yeah>. fantastic. <laughs> it, it is fantastic. And I appreciate you saying that because, I, you know, there's very few things I know. But when I saw her at first grade, I knew I wanted to, to know her. I knew I wanted to meet her. Um, and so to your point about having 25 years in corporate sales, um, I needed a, a really great partner and I always had one in Lisa and I knew that there was more, I knew that it wasn't fulfilling the way that I was doing the work. And so one of the things that I asked of Lisa was I had never built anything in my life. I had never swung a hammer for a living and um, was not in that industry. And I just said, you know, I've watched this old house for 25 years. I think I can build a house now. And I said, if I don't do this, I'm going to (laughs) explode. And, um, you know, Lisa, uh, she'll talk a little bit about her history, but uh, she's a psychotherapist, um, but she does it in a very special way. And I've always looked at her for counsel and support. And I said, you know, I'd like to make the plan to do this. So we didn't just jump in. We planned it over about five years um, and how we would do it and what it would look like. But uh, when the opportunity came, it was in the worst possible time for most normal thinking people. Mm-hmm. So it was right. 2010. Yeah. yeah oh, we decided okay. to do it. Yeah. So right after the economic uh, crash with all the, the housing issues and finance right. issues. Um, but it just felt right at that time for me to do it. The opportunity came and uh, yeah, I, I bought a couple of books. YouTube was in its infancy. So there wasn't a ton of information about how to do things specifically through video, but there was a lot of information and a lot of support from Lisa 
and people, but I really would focus on something that Lisa taught me, which was there's two mantras that I used. All things work out for me and they do. And right. when I would come across the problem, I wouldn't spend a tremendous amount of time trying to figure that problem out. Like I would spend some time, mm. see if I could get it. And then if it was just too big a problem to solve, I would take a step back. I would clear my mind. I would do something more, you know, maybe easier or something fundamentally not challenging to my brain. And then I would, once I was calm, I would take a minute and I would just ask the universe for any insight, not specifically to that problem, but just insight to the thing, to some of the challenges I was having during the day. And I'm telling you, information came to me in a way that I couldn't explain to you. It's, it's nonlinear, but it would come in right. and I would know exactly how to fix that problem or something would present me with information on how to solve the problem. So um, it was one of the best journeys that I ever took. And it was very successful. Everybody said I wouldn't be able to sell the house. Everybody said I'd never get the price. None of that was true. The house sold and it sold exactly for what I want, actually a little over what I had asked for. So it worked out wonderfully. That is quite the undertaking. Now, you got married shortly after, correct? Or was you guys were married no, no. during this? Yeah, this was, so we had been married for nine years plus at that point. Okay, yeah. wow. That, and you know, there's one part, quite, yeah, it is, because mm -hmm. when quite you the journey there, yeah. podcast and it's like, you know, when we reach a certain age, people think they're having a nervous breakdown or they're having some kind of <clears throat> midlife crisis from a quantum perspective. Um, what I always recognize is that when we're trying to be something we're not, the body really has a very enveloping way of reminding us that we're, we're thinking and we're perceiving ourselves in a way that's completely incongruent with who we innately are. So right. when I started, when I, I was really proud of Chris, I'm not going to lie. It was a very interesting time in our lives. And as Chris said, it was right after the housing crash, he's quitting a job or leaving corporate America to build a house, something he's never done. He's not a carpenter by trade. And there was right. one question that I asked him because we had a daughter at that time and she was little. And I said, there's one question I want you to, to consider, which is that regardless of where this journey takes us, if you feel any fear, we got to recognize that. And to his credit, he took that request seriously. And he said, I'm going to get back to you on that. I said, yes. if you can, if we lose everything and we're living in, you know, a studio apartment with a hot plate, are you going to be okay with that? Can that, can that be a part of the journey? And he's like, I'm going to consider it. And he woke up the next morning and he said, I'm in. And I said, then I'm in too. <laughs> wow. Now, did, did your uh, love for Chris start in grade one as well then? You know what? It's a, the favorite, my favorite part of that story is, that we were best friends. So there was right. a, a very grand love. I mean, we were in first grade. And that's, I really think that that is such a integral, important part of a relationship that you really like the person. So we mm -hmm. had these many years of really being close and dear friends. And okay. then he went on his journey and I went on my journey. And we connected in our late 20s and continued our journeys, you know, dating and not dating. And, and I moved and he was in Chicago. And 
then we came back and when I came back um, to Chicago, we just chose to be connected as partners. And that's when everything took off. Wow. So what was kind of your journey along the way? Because you now have, oh, 25 years of clinical psychotherapist experience. And uh, you kind of stated that you kind of always knew that you were going to be in this, this helping profession, correct? Uh, yes. Where did your journey kind of start then uh, before you, you moved back in your late 20s there? Well, it was just that I was, I went to graduate school and um, worked in lots of different facilities and with tons of different people. I mean, I have such a, an, I appreciate my clinical history so much because I worked with the criminal justice system and jail and, and um, I worked in a methadone clinic and I worked with wow. families and I would go in people's homes in the worst part of Chicago and do home therapy. It was, it was just a brilliant opportunity to connect with people and of all different backgrounds and all of these different experiences. And to be honest with you, Dr. Dave, when I started out my journey as a therapist, I knew straight away that there's so much more. There's so much more than just looking at a circumstance or a problem and trying mm -hmm. to fix it. And that's, right. um, I love clinical therapy. I love what it offers to people, a safe space to start to get safe and consider things from a grander perspective. But in my clinical practice, I would always start to have conversations with people in reminding them that, you know, this is an energetic vibrational reality. And how right. do we move from, you know, trying to manage the outside and building a relationship with, you know, the user's manual that's inside of us. Mm -hmm. So watching thousands and thousands of people, the ones that were curious about it, move from this terror and this fear of getting rid of things that they didn't want and, or trying to get in what it is that they did want and watching them have a graceful experience with their fears and their anxieties and recognizing it in a different way. Because what I'm always sharing with people is the state of our being. And that's the name of our, our community. Right. The yes. State, state of your being is what is the vibrational frequency. It makes a, it produces a broadcast and we've got, you know, talk about the brain. We've got the unconscious, we've got the conscious and most people are trained not by malevolent or evil anything, but we're trained to look outside and use it as the ultimate indicator of who we truly are. And mm -hmm. that is a reflection of our, of our perceptions of ourselves. And there's so much stuff going on inside of us that is incongruent with who we innately are. And that's a bit of what I do with our community, our groups, the folks that I work with individually. So, you know, gratefully, I've been talking about this for, you know, three decades and, you know, you and other wonderful professionals who are really starting to get a grander perspective. Now we have quantifiable um, science that's indicating right. this is a graphic experience. Yeah. Like you really do 
mend together the the science with the metaphysics and that's kind of what makes makes your uh, approach very special to a lot of people now chris you were experiencing a lot of brain fog and of course kind of burnout and overwhelm as well how did this match up when you you met lisa again and reconnected and and kind of how did she help you along along that journey then too yeah it's it's an insightful question because what had happened was being in that ultra competitive space in corporate America, I was always looking outside of myself, whether it was the amount of money I was making, mm-hmm. how I was doing against my peers, what job offers were coming based on my performance. So all the measurables that people talk about. And again, I'm with Lisa. I don't judge any of that. And I, I don't get angry about what system was in place. I look right. at where I was at from a professional perspective saying, I feel incomplete. I think there's more. And I really was mm-hmm. questioning my purpose. And so the one thing I'll share with you in the audience is Lisa is nothing if not patient with people. <clears throat> she can wait like I've never seen. And she does it with grace. It is not a ploy or a trick or anything. She just literally can sit with somebody who's really struggling. And so when I finally got to a point with the brain fog, meaning, you know, I was forgetting simple things and I was, wasn't able to articulate very well, which I'm doing wonderfully right now with, by the way, Dr. David. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> Thank you. Brain fog. Uh, but not really. Yeah. There were times where I was just like, I, I would look at her. I said, I know something's going on. And she would smile and she said, if mm-hmm. you're ready, to take the next step. And if you would, if you would allow me to support you, then we can move forward. And I was like, nobody's ever talked to me like that. And I get it. She's my wife. I love her. She loves me, but it is our friendship. Nobody's ever said to me without any judgment, I will support you if you will allow me to do that. So talk about an easy transition. Like you can fail, you can make mistakes. It's okay. I'm here. I will help you. And I will support you in this journey. So that was the genesis of me really asking the question of myself, what is it that I prefer? Not not what do I need and what do I want, but what do I prefer? And that's how the journey started. Okay. Wow. (laughs) Now, when I first introduced the show, uh, I, I definitely mean it. Uh, you two are a power couple. And just Aww. right now, going back and forth and hearing how you complement each other and support each other is really, really amazing to, to see and watch. Uh, what do you, you guys do in your relationship to keep this bond so close and, uh, and especially kind of under the, the circumstances and the challenges you guys have faced together? Um, a lot of couples would <laughs> would probably have not survived that um, per se, or 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 basically would have shut the other person down. You want to do what? You want to quit your job? You yes. you want to pretend you're a carpenter yes. now? Um, <laughs> you want to start a singles TV channel? <laughs> and we're married. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, how, how do you keep these dynamics going? And uh, Lisa, how, how, what was your kind of approach to this when you, when you hear these, 
these uh, bizarre types of adventures then that uh, Chris wanted to take? Well, that's a very good question because I would, from my perspective, listen to him. And I'd always call it the blue sky. That's his, his company. He'd right. like, like be blue skying it. So I know he'd be in his imagination and I had zero issue with that. I mean, he would come up with some very fascinating uh, opportunities and choices. And I could always determine when it was, when, and he did too. He could mm-hmm. kind of determine when it was um, a desperate attempt to kind of do something different, to get some instantaneous relief. So um, part of our relationship, and I think that this is a key to what you're saying, because he and I, Chris and I are very different in many ways, and we're very similar energetically. So one of the things that I deeply appreciate is we never hold each other accountable for our own well-being. So there's a level of respect that we Mm -hmm. hold for each other. So he comes up with ideas, I come up with ideas. And instead of attacking it and saying, you can't do that, you know, we just, we, we talk every day. Our morning ritual is we get up and we have a cup of coffee together and we just spend that day time together every day. Now that the weather's changing, we usually go for a walk in the afternoon. So we mm-hmm. do have time together every day where we're just talking about whatever we're talking about. So <clears throat> when he would come up with these ideas, I thought, what a great opportunity for him to have an experience. And maybe even if it's coming from a, a at that time, a desperate energy to feel some relief, you know, there's nothing wrong with having that experience because as Chris was saying, the the idea of a vibrational reality is when you really do what you like in the way you like it, and there's no insistence of an outcome, right? you're in a relationship with the universe that will transcend your thinking mind. So in order to hear that phrase, most people won't jump straight to it and believe it. So there are what you would call linear steps along the way. And sometimes okay. we choose to do things that don't yield an outcome and we have to have our experience with that so sometimes we do what we don't prefer to get clear (laughs) on what it is that we do prefer so i had i thought it was a part of the fun part of the journey and it took us to experiences that i you know were incredible and some of the experiences we held were filled with contrast and challenge and that would be our strongest moments when we could support each other to not be scared of the contrast or the circumstance but to be with each other and Chris would do his work and I would do my work and it it just continued to bring us into a different state of being a different state of consciousness you you said it perfectly so many times there uh the 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 fear response basically is always triggered and there needs to be something else to get us past that and part of that is just action and then the communication as well like you talk about just going for walks and and of course changing state of being all of that kind of happens too more so when we're physical with the communication um and uh I think Chrissy kind of demonstrated it perfectly with uh, 
kind of the stress and overwhelm and then doing a, a physical manual task of construction and mm. uh, really changing that, that vibration or the way that our systems are, are firing and how we feel. Um, I know you both dive into this with the, with the clients you, you help. Um, for people that are, once again, kind of going through this, this overwhelmed stress hell type loop, uh, what are you, kind of the strategies and things that uh, both of you do in, in your worlds then? Okay. Well, for me, because the folks that I'm working with, I'm very clear with them that we're going to be considering moving from managing the circumstances in, you know, having a grander relationship with, you know, what Nikola Tesla said, which is if you can be with vibration and frequency and energy, you've unlocked the keys to the universes. So, I love that quote, yes. Yeah, isn't that, it's, and it's oh, perfect. It's synced and it's perfect. Yes. So again, not many people on planet Earth, although it's starting to really pr proliferate and happen in a more expansive way, don't, you know, know consciously about their power. So part of what I'm always sharing with people is how do we build a relationship with the present moment? Because we're multidimensional beings. Mm -hmm. And if we're constantly focused on the past, which is a whole conversation we can get into, or right. we're worried about the future, then mm -hmm. what is that doing to the state of our being? And it's slowing it down. And what I always start out with people is um, there's two frequencies here. There's the frequency of fear and there's the frequency of love. And these can be very misinterpreted because people would think they have to get rid of fear and right. it's better to be in love. Well, let's expand this conversation. There are frequencies. Fear is not bad or wrong. It's a slow energy and it creates matter. Love mm -hmm. is not better than fear. It's a quick energy. It also creates matter in a different way. So right. when people are like going through hell, and this has been quite a challenging year, couple of years for everybody, and we're building a relationship with the present moment, it's not about getting rid of the fear. It's about recognizing the fear in the present moment because that sensation of a limiting belief that we're mm -hmm. in trouble or something needs to be fixed or something's wrong. When we can be in recognition in the present moment of that sensation, that sensation has never received that kind of focus before. And it's, it gets, you got it. We got to transcend the thinking mind on this one. <laughs> but the idea is, is that when we recognize that sensation without an insistence of trying to figure it out, without an agenda to get rid of it or change it, you truly recognize something that heretofore you thought was bad and you've got to get rid of it and it's got to change. I know it doesn't sound logical and rational because it isn't, but from an energetic perspective, when we build a relationship with recognition in the present moment, it's paradoxically the expediter of us being in alignment. And this is when everything changes. So that's basically what I go over and over and there's, and I love it when people get to bring in their circumstances 
And I watched them move from trying to manage and change the circumstance and right. building this relationship with the moment. And if the circumstance is, you know, yielding a sense of fear or worry, anxiety, those sensations of anxiety and worry are sensations that we feel because we're misperceiving who we are in the present moment. So why would you want to get rid of that? Don't you want to recognize it so that it can be enveloped in the frequency of love? And then you recognize, yes, challenges are here. Contrast right. is here. And if we're not scared of it, it, we don't entangle. If we don't entangle with it, it doesn't keep replicating. Fear energy replicates through matter. Love right. energy creates new matter. So do you think by not recognizing these emotions, uh, such as fear, or anger, or whatever else, that uh, that energy starts to build and build until finally it explodes? Is is that what you're you're kind of stating there? And I think that, you know, yeah, I think that as as we continue to separate ourselves, because just it's the great paradox mm -hmm. when we're frightened of something, we separate from it. When we separate from it, we judge it. When we judge it, we this is the paradox. We entangle with it, which means that that energy is going to continue to be replicated. And at some point you know, and as consciousness expands, it feels like it's getting worse and worse. You know, they always, you know, uh, people always say the knock starts quietly and it gets louder and louder. And then all of a sudden the door is being busted down. So mm -hmm. that's what I think um, when we go through midlife crises or uh, breakdowns, it's, it's not, a it's, I get it because people are petrified right. of this. It really is a moment where your whole being is saying, guess what? It's undeniable now. We're stopping mm -hmm. in your tracks. It is time for you to remember who you truly are. You no longer need to play this game in, in victim consciousness or, you know, strategically. And that's what right. that's about. So hmm. that is an amazing perspective on it. Uh, Chris, now you obviously uh, believe and practice everything that, that Lisa had mentioned, um, but you also apply it to, say, people going through the corporate system right now who, who probably uh, are looking, uh, give me the results as quick as possible type thing, uh, make me feel better, um, <laughs> yeah. how do I get sales type thing? Uh, how do you get them to kind of recognize and take on uh, some of this this uh, kind of energetic side of things as well to, and to help them with their, their, uh, their emotional state. Well, it's really interesting because I use Lisa's, I, I've, I've trained on, you know, with Lisa as, as my mentor teacher. And like she said, we have a community and I've been a part of that. I helped her build it, but I, I did no, it. You built it. <laughs> I, yeah, I built the online presence. But the, the bottom line is, is I was like, it was out of my sheer need to really learn and understand what I had gone through and transitioned from. So to your point about when I get clients, corporate, individual, I work with leaders of companies and it's always the same thing. And maybe you experience this in your practice. 
people have a perceived uh, uh, expectation of what they want, right? So they come mm-hmm. in with their, here's what, uh, you know, I think you mentioned it, like, I need a quick fix on this, or I mean, my company's having trouble with sales, so I want you to fix the sales team. And so I listen to them. I, I employ what Lisa employed with me, which is patience and understanding mm-hmm. and non-judgment. So I get their insights, but I already know where I need to go. I can read energy fairly well now. I can look at people and see what some of the blocks are. And so as I listen to them, I take diligent notes around certain areas that they always present. People tell you exactly how they're feeling, no matter how they try and disguise it. You can see it through physical gestures. You can get it from words. You can get it from the energy in which they're speaking. So I just, uh, I take that information in and then I go right to the basics, which um, people forget the fundamental core of what they're trying to do as a human being by having this experience. And they keep looking outside of themselves to fill that void. And so what Lisa said you know, fear is low, slow energy and it replicates. So you're replicating poor sales. You're replicating poor communications with your business partner. You're, so that fear is what's holding them back. So there's no five-step quick step fix. There's no, I don't come in and, and there's no um, written kind of, and, and again, any of those modalities, if they work for people, I'm all for them. Mm-hmm. I, I look at it from a holistic perspective and I bring them back to remembering who they are. Right. And, and help them move from fear and judgment into the idea of love and not the conventional love that we talk about here on earth, but loving themselves. What I find very interesting with human beings that I work with, and I say human <laughs> beings, I haven't worked with any aliens yet. That's hey, next. You don't know. Yeah, that's right. I don't know. Right. They're everywhere. <laughs> yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah. So I look at them and I'm like, okay. Like, I'm going to help you get out of judgment of yourself because they're their own worst enemy. They're so angry with themselves. They're so upset with what they're not doing. And what I bring to light is what they are doing. And and I treat them as if I would treat my daughter. If she was in a space where she was hurt or confused, I would bring her in and I would hold her and I would let her know that I love her and I got her. And I do that in in a... business relationship with the same sense of love and understanding. And I try and help them to do that for themselves, to hold themselves, love themselves in a way that is non third dimensional. It's higher than that. It's you're, you didn't do anything wrong. And what Lisa was talking about is the information for me was replicating because it was trying to get my attention. It was, and it was me saying, you're not enough. You're not making enough. You're not doing enough. And I was a high performer in my mind. Right. And I'm like, why is, why is this happening? And so that's really, I employ what worked for me, which is what I learned from Lisa. And I continue to learn every day. There's always an opportunity to grow. You know this. I mean, you expand your practice, oh, you expand your knowledge. So yeah. that's how I, I mean, there's no trick to it. It's just, it's helping people recognize their brilliance and not bristle at the idea that that you call them a genius or brilliant and they start to understand what that really means. And when right. they start looking in and not out, that's where I see the transformation. And that's where you can't help attract like energy, right? Mm-hmm. So, right. Yep. so if you start lifting yourself, things start to change. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the beauty. That's vibrational law. And that's, yeah. that's 
a part of it is, which is, you know, I, I shared with Chris, um, and this would be interesting for us to discuss. There's yeah, a bunch of business leaders that I work with too. And there was a person, a man, CEO came in and he was wrecked with fear because he had to make a decision within 24 hours. Right. And when so, I was talking to him, yeah. Big leading question on this. And I, I know everyone's thinking this at this point in time. How do you show this love that you would to your daughter, to this gruff, uh, go get a type A business person who's used to dominating things and doesn't believe in this foo-foo energy stuff. How, how, how do you communicate with them and, and transform them into a different state that, that, uh, that gets them, gets them you know feeling what? better? And this is, yeah, this is where all of us is that when mm -hmm. you're clear that we're, we are potentially switching the focus back into a frequency of love, you're right. There's going to be many men and women that need the quick fix, that need something more tangible, something more rational and logical. Then, you know, with great grace is when we get to say, this is, this is what we talk about. This is what I talk about. And mm -hmm. if this isn't um, satisfying your need, then, you know, we don't work together. Because this is a very, very different expanded conversation, which is, this is the, I hesitate to use the word tricky, but this is right. the trickiest part of doing this work, which is <clears throat> the human being has been so trained into figuring everything out externally. And then Chris and I come along and we say, okay, nothing went wrong. You're not doing anything wrong. But really, this is a vibrational reality. I think the more we c communicate the laws of physics, the law of a vibrational reality, then people, and this is a free will experience, people get mm -hmm. to choose their course. Are they going to get curious about this and recognize that matter is being created by frequency, your perception of yourself? That's how matter is created. Or if somebody wishes to continue to mm, focus on things third dimensionally, that's a free will choice. And I handle things a little differently. <laughs> She's great at yeah. how she deals with this. Um, my, when, when people like, how do you transform this person? You don't is what she's saying. You offer them the opportunity, um, but because of her frequency, the, right away, it's either yes or no. And her her ability to connect with people is at a very, very high rate. So when you are, when you have your state of being in a high frequency of love, that's who you attract. So we don't get a lot of those. But when for me, when I do have somebody that comes to me and has very defined outcomes and doesn't believe in the spiritual aspects of, of what I'm talking about, Right. I just say to them, and, I, and I'm very sincere. I said, I respect that that's how you feel, but I will ask you a question. How's that working out for you? Right. Nine times out of 10, they're like, it's not. And I said, would you consider opening your thoughts into something that is very much non-measurable? You know, I mean, we can, there are definitely some, some points that we can, can look to, but and like Lisa said, this is becoming more and more mainstream science. We know 
how people right. are transforming their brains, their, mm -hmm. their um, epigenetics, right? So there are measurables to this, but they have to really be open to the concept that they might have to do some things a little differently than they're used to. And if they're open to that, that's where the opportunity comes. But you don't have to convince them. Like that's the worst place you would be is to try and convince somebody that this works. You you don't want to be in that space. No, you don't. Um, I always go back to kind of the the example of uh, the the people that kind of come across more kind of like a bully or kind of the the people that need the most love, and that deep down inside these everyone that that's going through this situation where it's get result after result. Uh, they know after a while that that's high intensity kind of thinking and performance is unsustainable. And then I, what I yes. believe you guys are offering is basically an approach where instead of always trying to make it happen and <clears throat> basically taking in everything from the fire hose is that you're letting people experience things <clears throat> and change their emotional states. And it's almost like dancing in the rain instead. Mm -hmm. Well said, it, here, we're not taught this um, anywhere that I've seen in the world. Um, mm -hmm. When I learned this from Lisa, it was brand new to me. She had done the research. She had not only the clinical side, but she really did a deep dive into understanding the, the quantum reality. And so for me, I was like, this is amazing. Um, and when people think they have to perform and perform and perform, as you talked about, there is a point where you just stop. And Lisa said it earlier in the podcast, your body will shut you down. And it could right. be health related. It could be some physicality that stops you from going somewhere. Uh, it makes you kind of not bedridden, but at least house stuck <laughs> and you can't <laughs> yes. go out. So yeah, your body will, will literally tell you when enough is enough. And what we're not taught is these are the opportunities to, and I'm going to use the term rest, but when mm -hmm. I mean rest, it doesn't mean go to sleep, which isn't a bad thing either. But when I would really get burnt out, Lisa would say, you know, you really enjoy meditating. I have, we have this, like we call it a biomat. And I lay okay. on it, I put on mm -hmm. a different type of Hertz music at, at a different, at a frequency that I know resonates with me and yes. I'll meditate in that state and it refreshes me. It doesn't solve any problems that I know of, but it solves everything. Well, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, but you know, I don't wake up and I'm like, oh, I've, you know, I've got the, what we're, what we're trying to help people with is this is a time to slow it down and shift the frequency and pe people don't, they're like, I need to make more money. I need, I can't lose this job. I can't do the, there's a lot of can'ts. And what, it, right. what I think we're learning is there's opportunity to reevaluate. And if it, if COVID taught us anything, it was a completely different, it was a mind shift and a physical shift for everyone. And many people had many different experiences, but it literally slowed the world down. And you saw, pollution disintegrate. You saw waterways clear up. You saw habitat, you know, uh, uh, wildlife coming out of the woodwork and thriving. Um, yes. And I think there's a metaphor there for us to slow down 
Take a little bit, take, take some time, learn something new that you wanted to learn. And you don't have to do this as all or nothing. You can build this into your environment and how, but the, the, the opportunity is for you to say, I'm going to look at some things a little differently than I have been in the past. Right. Absolutely. And this goes into kind of Lisa's point here too, that you can measure these things. Uh, we now have, have uh, devices that can measure brain waves, and we know the the difference between very high frequency brain waves and and slower frequency brain waves, and then the combinations and different areas of the brain that can be lit up or can be relaxed. And uh, yeah, this is kind of a perfect example of how this actually manifests in in the real world, and not just in the geeky kind of science yeah, <laughs> area of right. it as well. And, it really definitely goes into into the work that you've been explaining with us, Lisa, and really appreciate that. And then, Chris, how you've been applying it and, and helping people in, in different realms as well. And uh, I absolutely uh, love the work both of you guys are doing. And uh, for anyone that's listening to the show, how would they find out more about you guys? You can give your website if you'd like. Um, my website is mystateofbeing.org. And nice. you can get a hold of me at myblue.org. Excellent. Now, what would be the next uh, big, uh, big thing that both of you guys are going to be working on then? Well, we're continuing to expand um, state. And mm -hmm. Chris continues to expand into being, I think, a quantum resource for businessmen and women. And it's just continuously, you know, having conversations about, you know, if we think we're going to figure this out in our brains. Yes. That's an option. But the brain's current design can only focus on what has happened. Nice. That's why when Chris said, you know, I'm going to meditate or I'm going to clean the cars. There was this instantaneous sense of well-being because he was out of his thinking brain and in the present moment. So we're just going to continue. I'm going to continue to expand this conversation. Nice. I love it. And speaking about expanding conversations, stay tuned to the next episode of The Hardy Brain. And you can find us at The Hardy Brain through all your social media platforms. And I look forward to more great conversations. And once again, thank you, Lisa and Chris. I really appreciate your, your very wise words and uh, walking us through some of these approaches. Uh, take care and thank you very much. You're welcome. Nice to talk.